0: Uh, I, I am really glad to see you. My name is Lewis Love. If you don't know me, I would love to, uh, I would love to meet you. And um, I'm the campus minister here with, with RUF. And we are back. It's 2022. It snowed. It's real. We're still back. Um, my kids still have a two-hour delay tomorrow from school, which they are very pumped about. <laughs> Feels like everything should have been taken care of by now, to be honest, but it's fine. Um, no, I am, I am really glad to see you guys, I mean, and I'm excited about about Large Group this semester. Uh, we we do a series uh, that I and, and others will help teach each each semester and we uh, where we look at God's Word, and we, we do that because uh, we want to learn and grow more in the love of God for us, and because we want to, to learn and grow in our love for God and for each other and for this campus. And so the thing that we're going to look at and focus on this semester is the Lord's Prayer. And, and I don't know... Um, I don't know what you think of when you think of prayer or when you think of the Lord's Prayer. For some of you, the Lord's Prayer is uh, like a very, very familiar thing. You may have said it in church every week uh, growing up. You may have said it around your your kitchen table or your dining room table every night with your family. And some of you may may have heard of it but not really sure what the words to it are. Uh, Some of you have no idea what that is. But this is a a really famous thing that Jesus taught about in a passage in Matthew 5-7 called the Sermon on the Mount. This is sort of the the biggest concentration of the the, the direct teachings of Jesus Christ himself in in the Sermon on the Mount. He went up on a hill and taught his disciples and crowds that followed. And uh, and the Lord's Prayer is Jesus telling us what prayer is all about and how we are instructed to pray. Uh, I I want to talk about this for for a couple reasons. The the first is that uh, for a Christian, prayer is central to your life. And I know not everybody who comes to RUF as a Christian, but if you are a Christian, then RUF, then, uh, RUF is central to your life is what I was going to say. It is. No, prayer is central to your life. Okay, that's, that's the first reason. The second one is that if you're a Christian, uh, prayer is something that you want to do and think you should do, right? And the third reason is that almost all of us feel like we don't really know how to do it well, okay? And so prayer, which I'm going I'm to try to tell you tonight, is this gracious invitation from God becomes in our lives a should, I think I should be better at. I think I should spend more time, and I think I think I should devote myself to. And so, instead of it being this uh, rich experience of God's grace, it becomes a place where we often experience uh, like shame and guilt instead. And I want to start by telling you that is not what God desires for you when it comes to prayer. In fact, He really, really wants to to help you. Um, the The other thing I'll say to start is is this: um, Jesus is your life. Jesus is your life. Uh, in, in the beginning of, of John 1, the Gospel of John, John says that uh, Jesus was uh, light, and that light was the life of men. Jesus said, I came that they may have life. Paul says in, in Colossians 3 that Christ, when Christ who is your life appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Jesus is your life, okay? And, and I want you to try to, um, to pause for a second and pay attention to your breathing. Can you pause and pay attention to your breathing for a second? Can you feel when you take a breath in, can you feel your chest rise, and can you feel air flow into your nose or your mouth even though you have a mask on, and can you feel it kind of fill up the space in your lungs, you feel that? Okay, that, that breath, that, that air is life for you, right? But you have to do something to intake that life, and that's, that's breathing. And I want to tell you that uh, Jesus is your life. Jesus is the thing that sustains you, the person who, who nourishes you, who provides for you, who gives you everything that you need, and prayer is breathing. Prayer is the intake of the life-giving spirit of Christ into your heart, into your body, into your veins, into every part of, of who you are. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little pre-med on you here for a second. Uh, you often, usually, don't forget to breathe, okay? Because uh, there is a part of your brain called the medulla oblongata, and it uh, regulates and pays attention to the balance of oxygen and carbon dioxide in your body, and it tells the the lungs to, to move. This is an involuntary function that your brain does. You don't have to pay attention to it. If you try to stop breathing, eventually you'll breathe. You actually can't do it, right? And so your body is designed to, to keep life in you, to keep you from breathing Uh, from forgetting to breathe in that life. The the problem is that spiritually, we don't have a spiritual medulla oblongata, We don't have one. And so what can happen is that you can forget to breathe. And and sometimes we forget to breathe for a day, and sometimes we forget to breathe for a year. And what can happen is that we can deprive ourselves of the life of Jesus, which is designed to flow into the lungs of your heart and give you life and light and, joy. and so my, my hope and my prayer for this semester is that we're going to learn how to breathe. We're going to learn how to breathe. We're going to learn how to step into rhythms of, of paying attention to our hearts so that we intake the life of Jesus and his spirit into us, which is what he longs for. So that's what we're going to use the Lord's Prayer to do. We're going to learn how... To breathe. And I think as we do it, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at the prologues sort of Jesus' introduction to the Lord's Prayer, and then each week we're going to look at a different line of the Lord's Prayer. And, and, and my hope is that in those, in those different petitions, and those different <clears throat> requests, and those different praises of God, that we are going to learn how to breathe. I think we're also going to learn a lot about the heart of Jesus himself. And I'm going to get into that uh, a little bit later. But you're going to get to see not just how to do something. The Lord's Prayer is not an instruction manual. It is a glimpse into the heart of Jesus. And it's a beautiful thing that he's sharing, sharing with us. Again, we're going to look at the, at the prologue. I'm going to give you just a little bit of context. We're in, we're in Matthew 6, which is, which is behind me. Um, this is the very, the very kind of meet, uh and middle of the Sermon on the Mount. In the beginning of Matthew 6, right before this, Jesus is talking about giving to the needy. And he basically is, is warning us against uh, giving, giving our money away, being charitable, being generous in a public way for the purpose of receiving recognition from others. Okay, he says, don't do like that. And then he applies the same thing to prayer. So let me read from Matthew 6, 5 to 9. It's behind me if you can see it or you can just listen. Jesus says this. This is his words. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. And we'll read the rest of the Lord's Prayer next week and even later on tonight. Let me pray now and we'll begin. Uh, Lord Jesus, I am really thankful for this time and for these uh, students here with us tonight. Uh, I'm grateful for the ways that you desire to give us life in you. And I do pray that you would teach us to breathe that in. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be at work right now through your word, so that we might know you and love you more and love one another. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our, uh, our lives are, are full of secrets. Our lives are full of secrets. Uh, some of these secrets are uh, like those sweet secrets that you keep because you love someone. Like being someone's secret keeper, the kind of thing that you do with a best friend. Some of the secrets we have are uh, the things that we're embarrassed about or ashamed of that we hope nobody knows. Like my wife was gone all weekend and I hope no one knows that I watched all five episodes of the blind auditions of The Voice and got like super into it, right? Um, Some of them are are little things and of course there's dark secrets in our hearts that we hope no one ever finds out about. Some of them are the kind of pointless secrets that help us feel like we belong. It's like the inside jokes we have with our friends that no one else gets. And it doesn't really mean anything, but it makes us feel like we are a part of something. My, uh, my daughters are really into secrets. Well, it's not that they're into secrets. They, they just really hate it when there's a secret uh, that they're not in on. This, this happened at dinner. I plan on talking about this. It happened at dinner tonight. Okay, here's what happens. Um, somebody whispers something into Caroline's ear. Someone leans in and whispers something that only Caroline can hear. That's my third daughter. This is one and two. That's number three. Okay, And uh, immediately, what does Betsy say? Somebody tell me a secret. I want a secret. I want to know. And so if I whispered, in, if I leaned over to Caroline and said, hey, do you want to play Uno tonight at bedtime? I have to go and make up a secret for Betsy. I have to go say, hey, Betsy, do you want to have a tickle party after dinner? I have to make up something because she wants to have a secret too. Now, now, why do they want to have a secret so bad? Is it because they're just hungry for information about other people's personal lives? I don't think so. I mean, maybe a little. That's kind of weird. When you when you lean in and you whisper in an ear so that only one other person can hear you, that is an intimate moment of relationship, isn't it? That is a moment where you and the other person are experiencing something together that is private, that no one else is a part of, and that binds you together. And this secret can be can be small, like Uno, you know, and it can be something very very big and profound about our hearts and our lives, right? But that moment of leaning in, of whispering so that no one can no one else can hear, is a moment of of relational intimacy. And it is actually a really, really precious thing. In in the words of Jesus, prayer is a secret. And and I don't mean, uh, when when he says uh, secret, he doesn't mean like something that no one else is allowed to know. He means that in prayer with God, there is a leaning in and a whispering in the ear in a moment of private intimacy, and it is that kind of intimacy that Jesus is inviting us into as he teaches us about the Lord's Prayer. Remember, he's, he's talking about uh, public displays of religiosity that we do in order to gain attention. Now, uh, we don't live in a culture where it's very popular to stand on the street corner and pray, right? So maybe this seems like a little crazy, but we all do things. Showing up the REF is, is maybe one of them that we kind of like wouldn't mind if people saw that we're a pretty good person, right? Jesus says, uh, don't be like that instead When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Prayer is a secret. It's it's an invitation into relational intimacy with God. It's it's that leaning in to hear a whisper and to share a whisper that you share together, right? And, and, And the outrageous claim of Jesus is that you are invited into this lean-in, whispered intimacy with the God who made the heavens and the earth. And, And you just have to stop and recognize how outrageous that is. And you have to stop and recognize how unique Christianity is from any other worldview or religion that God, the God, the almighty, powerful creator of everything, wants to lean in and whisper in your ear and wants you to lean in and whisper in his that he wants to have that level of personal, intimate trust with you, that he wants to be your secret keeper. Uh, This prayer is called the Lord's Prayer. Jesus never said those words, but, uh, but, but I like that title because that's what it is. It is the Lord's. It is his. It is his private prayer. It is his secret with God. And I want you to just feel the weight of what is happening when Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer, is that he is saying, I have a secret with my Father, and I'm going to let you in on it. And you get to come inside of this secret, of this intimate relationship, and I'm going to share it with you, and it gets to become yours. That's what's happening in the Lord's Prayer. This, this is how, uh, this is how a, a theologian that I love named N.T. Wright says it. He says, when Jesus gave his disciples this prayer, he was giving them part of his own breath, his own life, his own prayer. That breath, that breathing, Jesus is giving us some of his own. Jesus is telling us his secret with God. And, and, and so you just have to know that as we talk about the Lord's Prayer, it's, it's, this is something that uh, Christians around the world say all the time. It's sort of in terms of how do you, what do you do when you want to pray. It's the lowest hanging fruit there is. But you've got to understand that when you are taking these words upon your lips, you are standing on holy ground. Because you are entering into this intimate secret, this divine relationship between Jesus, the Son of God, and his Father. It gets to be yours. And that's an amazing thing. Jesus teaches us that prayer is a secret, but he also teaches us that prayer is simple. Those are my two points tonight. Prayer is a a secret, and prayer is simple. Uh, He he says this next. He says, uh, basically, don't worry about uh, using the right words. Don't worry about trying to be persuasive or impressive with God. He says in verse 8, your father knows what you need before you ask him. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Another... uh, Theologian, I like his name, Wes Hill. This is how he says it. He, he says, this is sort of his restatement of this whole passage. He says, go find a quiet place where you can relax, unclench your fists, breathe deeply, let your heart rate decrease, know that you are already bathed in the Father's love, and ask simply for what you need in the assurance that the one to whom you are speaking is already cupping his ear in your direction." And you love that? The one to whom you are speaking is already cupping his ear in your direction. He's already leaning in for the whisper towards you. That's why prayer is really simple. It's simple because God is listening. Because God is attending to you. Because God sees your life. He sees your thoughts. He knows everything that there is to know about you. And he knows what you're going to say. This, I think, is really hard for us because, uh, you know, for you as a student, everything about your life is performative, right? You, you live in a world where you are supposed to do and say the correct and right and impressive thing. And if you do, things are supposed to go your way, right? That's that's how you do well in class. That's how you get into a fraternity or a sorority. That's how you get an internship or a job. That's how maybe you get a date. Come to my Bible study. We'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> the, that's how we live. Like, if you do and say the correct things, if you perform, if you persuade, if you convince, if you win, right? That's not how it is with God. You can, you can leave all that to the side. You don't have to impress. You don't have to persuade. You can actually be honest. You, you can be real. You can, you can tell it how it is. It means you can tell God, I'm really angry. I'm really lonely. I'm really scared. I, I don't even know what to say. You actually can be real with God because He already knows. And if you try to be impressive, you can't. And if you try to persuade Him, you can't. And if you try to fight Him, you can't. You actually can be honest. You actually can be real. That's how simple it is. And so it, it kind of raises the question like, if God already knows what we need, like Jesus says, then why do we even pray? Okay? So I, I'll have a question for you. Uh, does God need our prayers to understand us or to know what He should do? Does God need our prayers in order to understand us or in order to know what He should do? Does He? So, why do we pray? God invites our prayers because He wants you to have the experience of having a secret keeper who's trustworthy and who's caring and who's forgiving, and who's kind, and gentle, and patient, and sweethearted. That's why he asks you to pray. That's why he invites you into this kind of intimacy. So when you, pro- when you talk to God, you don't, have to, you don't have to justify why you fell into temptation again. He knows. You can just tell him. And you don't have to flatter him before you ask for something, because he already knows what you're going to say. You can just... Talk to him. It's simple. It's intimate. It's telling a secret to someone who can already finish your sentence for you. That's the simplicity and the beauty of prayer. God just wants you to experience being known and loved by him. Because Jesus is your life. And we're going to come back to this again and again this semester, the idea that God is inviting you into intimacy, that God is inviting you to pray to him because he wants to give you that beautiful experience of being known and loved by someone who's a safe secret keeper. This is hard for us to experience because uh, many of us have experienced people who were not safe secret keepers, right? People who uh, took advantage of our trust, who who took our intimacy and, and didn't handle it with care, who took our vulnerability and were not gentle, right? We've all experienced this. Jesus is actually gonna have to teach us how to do it, and that's what the Lord's Prayer does. It's teaching us how to breathe in this life of Jesus. So how, how do we do it? Um, how do we live this simple secret of prayer? The, this is the beauty of the Lord's Prayer. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible that God doesn't really tell us about. Uh, one of the things, uh, I'm not just trying to only talk about this Bible study tomorrow night, but there's a lot of things about relationships and dating and sex that uh, the Bible doesn't seem to talk explicitly about. And we have to like to do really hard work to figure out how do we apply God's Word to these places in our lives that uh, feel really complex. And, and there wasn't like dating apps when the Bible was written. So how do we apply that, right? But prayer is something where he actually tells us what to do. And Jesus, what Jesus does is he says, uh, let me show you. Say what I say. Do it like this. And that can almost feel a little condescending, right? Uh, if you're learning how to use a new like, computer program for a class that you never used before and someone says, hey, I'll show you. Just, just do exactly what I do. You'd feel like, a little, like your intelligence was being insulted a little bit. And so what's required of us is that we enter into having the posture of a child. We're going to spend all of next week talking about this phrase, God our Father. But what's required of us to call God Father is that we embrace our role as children. And we look to Jesus, our older brother, who's saying, hey, I'm going to show you. Come with me. Say what I say. Do what I do. He actually loves us enough. He's kind enough to us to do that for us. Uh, I, I'm, I'm coming towards the, the close for now, but I, I want to explain a couple of things here before I do. We're going we're to do something a little, a little different this semester. Each, each week at the end of uh, the sermon, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. We're going to practice what, what I preach. We're going to practice what we preach, right? We're going we're to say the Lord's Prayer together. And um, so we'll do, we'll do that in, in, in just a few moments. But um, we're, we're doing that because we're trying to train ourselves uh, to breathe well. And my hope is that as, uh, as, as each week goes along, we'll have a little bit of a more and more open heart to this kind of breath so that the life of Jesus can come more and more into our hearts uh, in our lives. Um, some, and again, I said this at the beginning, but for some of you, uh, staying, in, staying in a group and saying the Lord's Prayer out loud is like a super familiar, easy thing. And for others of you, uh, this is going to feel really awkward. It's going to maybe even feel uh, uncomfortable. It's maybe even feel forced, like it's someone else's words and not yours. And I just want to tell you, that is correct. That's what it is. It is someone else's words and not yours. They are Jesus's words. They are Jesus's prayer. But he says, I'm going to let you in on the secret. You can say this too. You get to call God what I call God. You get to call him father. Do you know how audacious it is that we might call God the same thing that Jesus, the perfect son and Messiah of the world calls him? There's a, One of the things that I'll, that I'll say each week, um, if, if you grew up in a, uh, an Anglican church or an Episcopal church or maybe a Catholic church or, or some other traditions, that when you, when you say the Lord's Prayer together, the pastor or, or the priest or the leader says something like, and now as our Savior Christ has taught us we are bold to say. And it would have been a tradition where you heard that kind of thing growing up. I, I grew up in a church that said that every week. It is a bold thing to call God the same thing that His Son calls Him. But we are invited into just that level of intimacy. So that's what we're going to do. In, in a moment, uh, we'll actually put it up on the screen, and I'll say those words to you. Okay? I'm not pretending to be something I'm not. I'm just trying to lean into the tradition of what God's people have done for many, many centuries. Okay? Uh, I, am not a, uh, I am not a prayer expert. Jesus is the, is the prayer expert. Uh, I'm trying to learn how to be a child, just like you. And so that's, that's what I'm going to say each week. Um, the the last thing I'll I'll say is this is, is just two other notes uh, that are sort of uh, more more practical. The first is that when we say the prayer together, we're going to use the the translation from the King James Bible. And again, the reason I'm doing that is because if you did grow up saying this every week in church, that's probably the one that, the version that you used. Uh, the Bible that I tend to read about is the ESV, the English Standard Version. Um, I'm going to use that one because I think it's a little more familiar for some of us. Uh, it means it's a little more old-fashioned. We say "Our Father who art in heaven" instead of "Who is in heaven," for example. And then the the quote of thing you'll notice is that when we get to a part, we're going to talk about trespasses. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Some of you uh, grew up learning, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, or forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, right? So I just want to make you aware to pay attention, uh, even if you're familiar, so that we all say the same words. I often say different words than people around me when I say this kind of thing. Um, the, the last thing I'll say is this. Uh, this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, it is for you. And if you are a Christian and you have followed God your whole life and you just want to grow deeper in your relationship with him, if you want to learn how to breathe even better, this prayer is for you. Uh, If you're a Christian and you haven't talked to God in a a long time, maybe years, and you kinda don't know where to start again, this prayer is for you. And, And if you're not sure what you think about God and faith, and you've never prayed in your life, and you want to try out what it feels like, this prayer is for you. This is the place to start, okay? So I want you to know that this, that this prayer is for you, and I want to encourage you, and we're going to talk about this a little bit each week, that there's a lot of ways that God's people over uh, millennia have used this prayer. Uh, one of the ones that I'm going to suggest to you, uh, and that we've done some in our prayer time with RF in, in different circumstances, is to take, take each line of the Lord's Prayer and, and to pray them and to say them out loud, and then to stop and to reflect and to see what comes to mind. So you might say, uh, our Father in heaven, and then just stop. What comes to mind as you think about the fact that God is your father and you are his child? What does that mean about him? What does that mean about you? Um, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What are the the big decisions you have coming up? What are the big unknowns in your future? What are the things that you have longings for and desires for and you're not sure how they're going to go? And what would it look like for you to say, God, I know what I want, but I'm going to trust your will instead, right? There's there's ways that you can let these things be prompts to lead you into other times. So you could take 10 minutes and to say this prayer, and kind of fill in the gaps of what's on your heart. Okay? I'm going to suggest things like that. We're actually going to have opportunities to do things like that in some of our large group settings. We're going to try to, uh, throughout, this, throughout this semester, take some, take some risks of uh, things like, I'm not going to make you do it tonight. But sometimes we're going to say, like, hey, grab like, circle up with four people. We're going to try to pray together. Okay? And again, some of you are not going to know what to do with that. It's going to make you feel uncomfortable. Uh, and if you just kind of want to listen and, and observe, that's totally fine. Uh, if you want to step out, that's totally fine. If you want to go for it, that's great. Okay. Um, c- can we get the uh, next slide up there, please? Um, and maybe the band could sort of be coming up as we do this, because we're going to jump into our last song as soon as we, as soon as we pray. Or maybe just be ready. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Um, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say, say my line here, and then we're going to, and then we're going to pray together. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys to stand if you would for this. Um, And we're going to take these words of Jesus on our own lips. So, again, we're going to pray out loud altogether if you would like to. I invite you to. So, now, as our Savior Jesus has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus, we do uh, praise you that you let us talk to God with the same words that you use. And I ask that you would teach us to breathe, to breathe in the um, the life of God into our lungs this semester. Thank you for this time together. In Jesus' name, amen.